Hello, Star Wars Ties listeners. This is J2SO here, just checking in to let you know that I am very, very sorry for the radio silence, no pun intended, that Star Wars Ties has had with no episodes within the last six months. It is very unfortunate, however, because of the fact that I had moved very shortly after the last episode we recorded, I have been unable to edit and or record any episodes. However, I just finished the episode you are about to listen to, which we recorded back in July of this year. So we hope that you enjoy it. I am very excited about it. It was a lot of fun to edit six months later because I had forgotten most of the material that we actually covered in it. So it was just as much fun for me to listen to as I was editing as I hope it will be for you to listen to now that it is available. As you listen to it, you will notice towards the end that I mention that you are welcome to call us on a voicemail line. You are, of course, still welcome to do that. I want you to. However, I neglected to mention the number. The way to reach us via voicemail is by calling 828-331-1873. So please give us a call and leave us a voicemail and let us know what you would like us to discuss in 2021. We will be back with new episodes then. And until then, enjoy the following episode. Your plan is weak. (laughs) I'm afraid your comeback is weak. (laughs) Your face is weak. (laughs) My face is blue. Hi, my name's Kevin Scott, the writer of Dooku Jedi Loss and Return to Vader's Castle, and you're listening to Star Wars Highs. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another exciting episode of Star Wars Ties. I am your host, Jameson Stout, and with me, I have both co-hosts with me today. First off, we have in this corner, Rob Vader. Hey, so good to be back. Hey, I missed you guys. He's striking back. And then on the other (laughs) corner, we have the amazing, the Mandalorian himself, Mr. Lando Fett. Hello. Boo. What? Hey, you don't boo me. I, I didn't boo you when you came out. Oh, it sounded like you booed. I, I, no, I, I, was, I was just clearing my throat. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. No boo. one sounds like that. Those cows in the background. You know what you're talking about. And listeners, as you can tell, we're already on fire tonight, so it's going to be a great night. We're going to have a lot of fun. Uh, we are going to be talking some Star Wars, and we are continuing in our quarantine binge, since we're all pretty much still in quarantine mm-hmm. even the cat <laughs> <laughs> but uh so we're going to be jumping into a little bit of catching up from some episodes that were done last fall and winter and we had a giveaway that we never actually awarded so i'm going to make sure we handle that today and get our business addressed and then after that we're going to uh, have a little bit of fun just kind of shooting the breeze and catching up on some star wars stuff and then we're going to finish up today with an analysis of the first three episodes of The Mandalorian, Season 1. And the reason we're jumping into that is we're hoping we might be able to finish up analyzing Season 1 just in time for Season 2's release this fall. 
So we hope you'll strap into your various spaceships and join us on this fantastic hyperspace ride. Let's go ahead and get started. I have been every voice you have ever heard inside your head. We clowns have mixed feelings about the war. Without it, we wouldn't exist. Bounty hunting is a complicated profession. Don't you agree? Well, it's been a really long time, and I feel really, really bad about this. And unfortunately, we are experiencing some technical difficulties on my end as far as my computer, which is still trying to do some form of diagnostic repairs upon itself. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's just dead. But we have had some listener feedback via email and via some voicemails. So we are really excited and appreciative of anybody that is willing to send us that kind of feedback. And, I mean, I'm just telling you guys, it's really awesome. We have had some former students of mine that have really tried to, to jump in and say, hey, how's it going? And just let us know that they're really appreciative. Back in March of this year, we had Zeb who sent us an email that says he was writing to tell us about our podcast. He thinks it's great. It, was, uh, it has been giving more insight about Star Wars. And he was riding his motorcycle and listening to our podcast at the same time, wow, which is awesome. Okay, that's pretty uh, he cool. He also told us that episode thirty-five of our podcast was released on his birthday, which we thought was really cool. Uh, so happy, really, really late birthday there, uh, Zeb, <laughs> or birthday. early if you know. Actually, it's in August, so happy early birthday. There we go. Um, and thanks so much for giving us a, a positive review on the podcast, man. We appreciate it. We like positive reviews. We do. Positive reviews are good. While you're at it, man, if you want to give us a positive review on iTunes or any of the other means of doing that, that would be greatly appreciated as well. That's right. Uh, in addition to that, I actually had a giveaway laid up, and I'm going to try this, and we're going to see if it works. The giveaway was back in November, so yeah, this has been a while, guys, almost a year. Makes me feel really bad. And it was, if somebody would call us and leave us a voicemail, then we would of course, be super excited about it, and, you know, we would give something away, and we had a call. So I'm going to try to play that for you, but before I do, I'm going to let you know that if you wish to call us, you can reach us at 828-331-1873. You call, leave us a voicemail, we would love to hear from you, and we just think it's the bee's knees when we get a phone call. So I'm going to try to play this message, and we're going to see how it goes while my cat is angrily contributing in the background. <laughs> Admiral, receiving transmission from Scarif. Transmission received. Admiral, we have the plans. All right, I don't know if this is going to work or not, but we're going to try. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Stout's house of cats. <laughs> oh, spooky. Alrighty, I unfortunately cannot get it to play loudly. Mm. Ah. Ah. Well, it's a but it's a former student of mine by the name of Steak Sauce. That's what he uses for his nickname. 
Nah. That's, that's because his marching band drill designation was A1. Oh. Nice. So he's the high-quality steak sauce, not that Heinz 57 stuff. <laughs> oh, sorry. That was mean. Great. Uh, no, so he says, what's up? Uh, so I'm going to read the uh, the uh, trans the Google transposition of the audio here. It says, "What's up? It's your boy Steak Sauce." Now, what would you think if all the stormtroopers just done and said I was other than was tax evasion wage, and Baby Yoda and the future joined the IRS <laughs> to kill them because they never paid their taxes? <laughs> Maybe. I agree with the cat. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if Google translated that very well, but I was gonna say you love those translations, man. <laughs> <laughs> but if I if I can get the gist of it right, I'm pretty sure Stakes also saying that um, he's wondering if stormtroopers just said they're not going to pay their taxes, would Baby Yoda go back in time or go to the future, join the IRS and kill the stormtroopers? Mm. So. Um, stormtroopers, they're kind of a military organization. I mean, yeah, military has to pay taxes, but I don't know, I don't know if going back in time and killing them would be the, the solution. Solution. I also don't get the sense that Baby Yoda is much of a killing machine. Oh. Uh, I mean, he's the foil for Mando. He's the, he's the good guy. Mando does all the killing. Baby Yoda yeah, just has the, the magic thing. Yeah. Except the frogs. He, eats, <laughs> he does eat the frogs. <laughs> Which we're going to talk about a little bit today, because that, that definitely was something I noticed. <laughs> Spit that out. <laughs> he burps. It's great. Uh, so, anyway, well, Steak Sauce, I'm, I'm sorry we don't have any more explanation of whether or not Baby Yoda would travel through time to kill stormtroopers because of tax evasion. But taxes might be coming up in the conversation later, so stay tuned for that. And... Just because you called in, I am really excited to say that I have a giveaway to give you. I'm going to leave it with the, the band director that will be taking my place. She knows to give it to you, and it is the Tales from Moss Eisley Cantina. Ooh. So, That's a good book. That's a great book. Man, there you go. So, yay, congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> and with, that was our incoming transmission segment, so really enjoyed doing that. Glad we were able to get some feedback reviewed now may i have a drum roll please <laughs> ladies and gentlemen in this fantastically frustrating time of <laughs> quarantine i think it is only fair to say the last thing we need is another election year but we're stuck with one anyway uh, so uh. To make your election woes less woeful, I have decided to present you a mock debate as if Emperor Palpatine were to be replaced. Mm. And the two candidates to replace him are Darth Vader and Grand Admiral Thrawn. Greetings. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Honorable mention to the two candidates that almost made it into the runnings, but unfortunately, due to a mining accident just over the planet of Scarif, Orson Krennic has unfortunately ceased to exist. <laughs> and thanks to recent rebel activity, Grand Moff Tarkin has unfortunately also become deceased. So we are down to two candidates. 
but we might see him in CGI soon. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> he'll be he'll be a hologram at Coachella one day. <laughs> kind of like go. Tupac was. Except <laughs> <laughs> the Smoth Tarkin up there. Yo, 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 you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> That's the cat does. Um. <laughs> Uh, so, we're going to cover exactly three topics in our debate today. The first of which is, of course, thanks to the recent death of Grand Moff Tarkin with the destruction of the Death Star, we are obviously facing an economic crisis. So, Darth Vader, what do you think would be the best solution for the economic woes that the galaxy is currently facing? The best solution will be for me to force choke anyone who opposes my economic plan. My economic plan is twofold. One, we export all the sand and make it into glass. <laughs> we then sell that glass throughout the galaxy. And then we have profit. Thank you. <laughs> oh, well, that, that is a, definitely a very sound plan, Lord Vader. Uh, thank you, sir. I, I really appreciate it. Please, you know, um, please put your hand down. I would really like to be able to talk to Grand Admiral Thrawn as well. <clears throat> thank you. Thank you. Uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn, what, what is your economic plan in this drastic crisis? My economic plan would be to go to the Outer Rim and talk to people and make them feel like individuals. My economic plan would be to build a system of belief in one another, in every galaxy, and us all work together instead of selling sand. <laughs> your plan is weak. I'm afraid your comeback is weak. <laughs> your face is weak. My face is blue. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. No more. <laughs> No more fallacies of arguing. You, <laughs> okay, for our second topic, of course, with the destruction of the Death Star, we are facing quite a rise in rebel activity. So, Grand Admiral Thrawn, what do you think is the best solution to resolve these factions of rebels? <laughs> Grand Admiral Thrawn? <laughs> Wait, were you talking to me? Am I, am I the guy? <laughs> oh, 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 I, I thought you were talking to Lando. Oh, my bad. I was like, come on, Lando. You must be really thinking. Yeah, I'm talking to you, Rob. Oh, oh, God. Um, can you repeat the question? <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, God. It's okay. This is great. I love this. Um, what are, What do you think is your best solution for the the rebel factions that are seeming to be on the rise? My best solution would be to communicate with Luke. I want to talk to him individually. I believe he's a man that can be reasoned with. I'm a man of reason. I would talk to him and see if we could find a peaceful way to resolve everything. Wow. Peace. That, that, that's very noble. Thank you, Grand Admiral Thrawn. And Lord Vader? I, too, would also talk to Luke. But then I would convert him to the dark side. Only then could we rule the galaxy as father and son. Also, 
there would be no super weapons because they fell in comparison to the power of the force. Hmm. Mm. Well, that that's very insightful. Thank you. Thank you, Lord Vader. And now finally our our, our last question for, for tonight's debate. And we'll begin with you, Lord Vader. With the Emperor stepping down, what is your plan for an ease of transition as you would take on the mantle of running this glorious empire? I would keep enforcing the same policies that the Emperor had in place. Ruling through fear and terror are always the best ways to get people to do what you want them to do. I might even... I would invest less in super weapons and tax any remaining Jedi to death, literally. (laughs) (laughs) And, 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 And Grand Admiral Thrawn? Well, unlike my opponent, I believe fear is not the best way to rule. It is strategy. It is logic. I believe that our rebel friends could be of use to us as resources. I believe I would work with them, and we would find a peaceful solution to work together. Taxing has no place in our galaxy. And that's all I've got. Oh, taxes. <laughs> oh my goodness, taxes Communist. have come up in the conversation. We're not going <laughs> to jump into taxes right now, ladies and gentlemen. We know where taxes lead us. By the way, I do have one final question. Lord Vader, do you believe that it is fair to tax the Jedi and the Sith? Yes or no? I believe it is fair to tax the Jedi. They're a drain on society. They do nothing. They don't even keep the peace very well. (laughs) The Sith are a religious order. We believe in the dark side and dark powers and gaining what we want through our passion. So we should not be taxed. Thank you. (laughs) And Grand Admiral Thrawn, do you agree or disagree? For once... I must say he raises a valid point. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, you have it. I hope you are better prepared to vote for either Vader 2020 or Thrawn 2020. We will see you next time for our political analysis. Vader sucks. <laughs> I, can't, I don't have any organs. <laughs> oh. You've been grossly misinformed. <laughs> that was fun. That oh, was fun. Thank uh, you so much. That was that was great. Listeners, I hope you enjoyed that as much as we did. And now I think it's safe to say that with the time we have remaining, which is a, a fair amount of time, I think, if I am looking at my clock correctly, that we can conclude our time together by analyzing the first three episodes of The Mandalorian. So how do you guys want to do this? Do you want to just talk about the highlights of each episode or just overall or what do you want to do? Whatever you want, man. Yeah, You're the leader. Okay. You're our fearless leader. Okay. You're well, the emperor. That's Yes. Feel the anger. Emperor Stout and his angry kitty cat. Yes. Stout's like what? Slacious Crumb? Thank you. <laughs> um, well, speaking of Salacious Crumb, that's great. Let's talk about Easter eggs. What are some of your favorite Easter eggs from the first three episodes of The Mandalorian? Ooh. Well, the first one that pops in my head is the roasting Salacious Crumb as he walks through the marketplace. 
Yeah, in the first episode. I like those that. Poor little guys. I, I felt bad for them in the little cages and everything. Yeah, the the, the Kawaki monkey lizards. Yeah. Uh. Oh, uh, you know one thing I liked in the it was either the first episode or the second one. I think it was the first one. The little walking trash cans, you know, uh, from yeah. the Gonk uh, A New Hope. Yes, yes, Gonk. and then uh, and then the eyeball thing that was in Jabba's palace. You know, the eyeball that pop, pops out of the wall and looks at the person. Uh, yes. I love that. So I, I'm so glad they brought that back in this. Now, I have a question for you two. I was watching, the obviously, the third episode recently to, to catch up on it and make sure that we were prepared for this. When he grabs the eyeball thing and, like, breaks it, yeah. It like screams in agony. Is that an organic being with like a, a cyborg eye or something? That's what uh, I was wondering. I I realized that too. I'm like, oh, that poor thing. Uh, you might say it met its ironic demise. <laughs> <laughs> Do you oh, that see was... what I did there? Oh, I'm sorry. I, I did see what you did there, but there is no sea on that planet. Ooh. Oh. Ooh. Nice. Ooh. I respect that. It's too much of a desert. <laughs> 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 all right so uh, let's see whether i liked that they and, and of course they made notice about this in a lot of the fandom things that went through social media when it came out the ice cream maker that was randomly yeah. power strikes back and how they turned it into basically a vault or a, a, a portable safe i liked that thing. Oh, yeah i really liked that and of course that's how he was carrying the best car around and everything like that i thought that was a really neat way to bring you know, something that probably literally was, you know, one of those churning ice cream makers. And they were just like, eh, run around with that in your arms. It'll look like you're trying to run Futuristic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it looks futuristic. We can make it work. Eh, we'll fix it in editing. <laughs> I like the fact he had a carbon a carbon freezing system on his ship in that first episode. That's That was cool. And it was really neat that he was like, that you could see the whole reference to the carbon freezing chamber and the... Uh, in the side of the carbon freezing blocks where they had all the diagnostic information about the health. Yeah. The, that was a really neat plus. I liked his weapons locker too. That now that's, that's that was cool. That was awesome. Mm. That that definitely was a was a hit. Yeah, and that and that first episode too what I find so interesting is in that first episode you don't know if he's a good guy. You know, you that's, Yeah. That's one thing that we don't get a payoff on until a little later. In, in the second episode, we're like, okay, maybe maybe this guy has a conscience after all or something. But in the first episode, especially the first 20 minutes or so, you're like, is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? Is he just in it for the money? You know, I, yeah. I thought that was pretty interesting. I really liked that first bit of the episode. However, yeah, me too. One part, there's one part about it that I think is very important to point out. This is not really an Easter egg, but it is something that I thought was really just kind of funny. The the guy that drives the speeder um, on that mm -hmm. first planet that we see, you know, the one that's like driving, hey, you got to watch out for these things that come out of the ice or whatever. Mm -hmm. That is the geologist from Big Bang Theory. Oh, no oh. way. I kid you not. Huh. Well, you I know the guy uh, other things. The alien that he's after on that first planet, the blue alien that has to evacuate his back tube, that's Horatio Sands from Saturday Night Live. Really? Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. They had such an awesome. They had such an awesome cast for this show. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, yeah, and, I, and, and one of the things I loved was Nick Nolte's character with the because uh, oh, he was he was the Ugnaught, right? He yeah. was. Yeah, I have spoken. I mean, that is the greatest way to end a sentence, right? Or, you know, a point is like, look, I've spoken. Like, we're done that's with this. I've be, spoken. 
that should be how you end all of your your lessons. <laughs> and then, like another kid tries to ask a question, I'm just like, I have spoken. <laughs> I've already so said. You talk it. to your I'm kids to get them to go to bed. I don't want to go to bed. I have spoken. I have spoken. I have spoken. <laughs> that is a perfect dadism. That's now. I'm now going to try that on my kids. It's time yes. to go to bed. I don't want to go to bed. I have spoken. It is the way. <laughs> it is the way. <laughs> uh, so did you catch in the second episode where he when he's turning in the best car to to convert it into the the new armor did you catch John Favreau's character cuz John Favreau makes a cameo there No I missed it At Landon I'm assuming you did though right He was the he was the big Mandalorian wasn't he He was the one that was like this is imperial best car Yeah and, that was oh. kind of scoffing that was John Favreau Was that him I didn't know that yeah. Go if you go back, you can actually kind of tell it's his voice. Yeah, um, it it, t- it took me this time. I was like, I know he makes a cameo, and I know he's one of the Mandalorians, but I can't remember which one he is. And when I watched it this time, I've been watching the Marvel Cinematic Universe in chronological order, not release order. So I just got done with like all three Iron Mans, and I was really familiar with Happy's voice because of that. And I was like, <laughs> that's Happy. <laughs> That's cool. So anyway, random, but that is technically an Easter egg. So there you go. I like the fact that John Favreau's character is apparently one of the Vizslas from Old Mandalore. Like he's related to like somebody said that his character had the last name Vizsla and that he was related to pre Vizsla and all the Vizslas and the Death Watch and all that back in uh, Clone Wars. Now that's awesome. That's That's nice connection. Favreau's. And Favreau even has like said just kind of offhand, you know, yeah, he's he's a relative to them, and we kind of want to expand on that later on. How and he's like a tie to the old Mandalorians when Mando starts looking into the history of the Mandalorians. Now that would be awesome. That would be absolutely awesome. Well, another thing I noticed that kind of like started making me think, okay, Mando's a good guy, is um, when he gives that Beskar credit to the lady who forges the armor. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh wow, this will go to many of the farlings. Uh, the foundlings, good. yeah, foundlings, foundlings, yeah. yeah. He's a good. I, I was a foundling too, and that makes me think. Okay, he he's you know he wants to help other people. You know that are right. a lot similar to him. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, okay, I can get behind this guy. Yeah. And then, gosh, yeah. the whole second episode, he. I mean, the majority of it, he's getting his butt kicked. You know, yeah, I, I, I hope we talk about that. <laughs> oh yeah, let's talk about it. He gets trashed. So yeah, he, he, he like jumps on the sand crawler, and he's like trying <laughs> to single handedly take on a jaw a fortress. And I mean, of course, he gets knocked, zapped, and knocked unconscious. And baby, baby Yoda, or the child, is just kind of like, "You gonna get up? <laughs> <laughs> you all right there, man?" Yeah. <clears throat> and then, you know, of course, after all the, you know, having to swallow his pride and go barter with the the Jawas to get his his ship parts back you know he goes and talks and he has to fight this mudhorn and I mean oh my gosh I watched that today I I just rewatched that fight scene today and Mm -hmm. it it was just awesome I mean it's terrible you feel bad because you get the living crap beat out of him but it's so unlike a lot of like protagonist movies where the hero just never seems to get yeah you know this this really made him more human. It made him yeah. so much more, oh, yeah. e- so so much easier to be sympathetic for. Um, yeah, and, and I and I love. Oh, sorry, Sam, I no, 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 go ahead, go ahead. 
Oh, I was just going to say, like, I love the fact that even – like as he's getting his butt kicked, he's pulling out all the stops. He there's a part where he gets pinned and he, he cuts his flamethrower on, and yeah. you think that's gonna stop this this giant beast, and it still doesn't. And he's still throwing him around like a rag doll. But it's and just he I, shoots you know, his little uh, the little cable or whatever, and he's like trying to mud ski with his boots. <laughs> yeah, doing anything he possibly can in his kind of not, I wouldn't say limited arsenal, but he gets a lot more gadgets later on. Yeah, but, but I just. I don't know. Yeah, I, I I love the fact that they showed how vulnerable he was early on. Yeah, I mean, he throws, he goes all out against this thing, and he doesn't even put a dent in it. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, like yeah. a lot of, and it kind of goes back to the new Star Wars. Like the new Star Wars stories, you know, the heroes don't really have a challenge like that where they throw everything they've got at it, and it's like, oh, crap, we're not going to win. I'm going to die. That didn't work. Yeah. That didn't work because Mando was pretty much prepared to die. Like he was grabbing a knife, getting yeah. ready. Like you know what? If I'm going down, I'm at least going to hurt it. Yeah, yeah. I love that. And it's it's actually a really good contrast to the end of the first episode where he you've got that with IG11 or whatever. You've got that Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid kind of moment where they're you know single handedly taking on an arsenal of of gunmen. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's such a good and handling, class. and it's a great scene, and it's hilarious because IG Eleven is always like, "Must self destruct, must de- no, do not self destruct, <laughs> don't do that." Uh, and, and that part is just—it's one of my favorite scenes in that particular episode, just because it's so cleverly done. And and the fight scene is really good, but it was really cool to kind of see how successful he could be, and then to turn right around in the next episode and see, oh well, he's not infallible. You know he's yeah. he he's got a mortality and he's very aware of that mortality. Yeah, and it, it was really good to kind of see that paired back to back. It makes him more relatable as a character to see that. I think it does. It really does. It doesn't do the and I call it. It doesn't give him Superman complex where, yeah, he's in trouble, but you know because he's the star of the show or whatever that he's going to come out unscathed. Like the whole time I'm like, man, if he comes out of this, he's going to be messed up. And, and then mm-hmm. to add to that, to make it even more human, it's, it's the title of the third episode, which is The Sin. But I love that, you know, he drops off the child. Yeah. You know, you, you've, in the short frame of an episode and a half, two episodes, you've gotten attached to this this Baby Yoda character. And then the second episode ends and he's <laughs> just, you know, he, he dropped the kid off. All right, I've done my duty. I'm, I'm going to go. Yeah. And, and that just, or well, he doesn't drop it off in the second one. He he's on his way to drop it off, but within that first few minutes of the, of the third one, he drops the kid off, and you're just like, wow, you know, he's so heartless. But at the same time, I still like him. Why do I still like him? And then to turn right around and you know conclude the third episode with the whole firefight and getting your way and and busting his way out with the child. That I mean, again, you're just so attached to the character because of how much he just throws you on that roller coaster ride of yeah or oh yeah you know yeah <laughs> yeah it's almost like even in three episodes it feels like there was some kind of payoff when he does come back for the kid that that early on you know because he's, he's been without him for a little while and then you know, obviously by the end of the episode does come back and even in that short amount of time i was like man that paid off that was awesome yeah i missed him <laughs> yeah, you, you miss the child, and it, it, and then you get it back, and it's like, oh, okay, they really are supposed to be together. You know, this is 
you know, it wasn't just supposed to be about the Mandalorian. At first, I really mm-hmm. thought it was going to be just a solo story. There was not going to be a sidekick or a, a foil character for him. And I, I don't think they could have picked a better way to do that. You know, it, they couldn't have done something like Han Solo and Chewbacca and made it work. Yeah, they couldn't yeah. have had another brawn. It had to be somebody innocent, somebody that would be completely dependent upon the Mandalorian being genuinely good in the long mm-hmm. run. And I, I really appreciated how they kind of just prepared for that and built that right into it. And I love how much of a snake Carl Weathers is. <laughs> oh, my gosh. He's so good. He's yes. so good at being a bad guy. I, I, I really enjoyed his character. Mando! Yeah, like we're old buddies. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like that Everybody. role he played in uh, Predator with Arnold. <laughs> yeah, oh, I, Dylan, I, I, you <laughs> son of a... <laughs> Sorry, I just always think of that arm wrestling scene. Oh, all I ever do is think about the crocodile's head scene where he falls out the window in Happy Gilmore. <laughs> <laughs> it's all in the hips. It's all in the hips. <laughs> you have to find your happy place. Uh, do you think he ever told Amanda that? Hey, man. Well, he did tell Amanda to go on vacation. He should have just said, you need to go to your happy place. Go you to should. your happy place. <laughs> 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 Uh, so what did you think of the you, – you mentioned, of course, that the Mandalorian gets more gadgets. What did you think, A, of his new armor after he gets it all Beskar, and B, what was it, the Silver Whispers or whatever it is? The Whistling Birds. Whistling yeah. Birds, yeah, the Whistling Birds. What did you think of those? I thought that was awesome. I thought that, that was a really cool – you know, that that's something that could happen in a fight. You know, he gets surrounded by the stormtroopers, and they're like, all right, drop your weapon. And he's like, don't shoot the kid. Just don't shoot the kid. He puts Baby Yoda down and kind of hovers over him to protect him, and then all the little whistling birds go out and just pew, 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 and all the stormtroopers are, are down. Yeah, they down. They, they down. They get back up. Ain't no secret. Which yeah, brings up ca- the same question my wife asks me every single time. What is the point of that stormtrooper armor? <laughs> well, it didn't protect him against Ewoks, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Quick, guys, the sticks it- and rocks are beating us. <laughs> Run away! Yeah. Oh no, 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 no! Monty Python references, Rob. Come on now. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, but you know, All right, you, know Eli, you were going to say something. Oh, I was just going to say, I love with the Mandalorian upgrading his armor. You know what it feels like? It feels like a video game or an old role-playing game or something. Where the longer you get, the more missions you you accomplish, the more you unlock in the game. And it's the same thing watching yeah. this. It's like the more adventures he goes through. He has kind of like his own badge of honor in upgrading his armor and his weaponry. Um, it just kind of makes you excited to see what he's going to get next. And plus, it sells yeah. probably, you know, toys really well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I'm sure it does. Because now you have to get Mando pre Beskar armor and Mando post Beskar armor. Exactly. And then, of course, Mando with new upgrades after, you know, season two or whatever. So. Yeah. 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 I definitely. So along with about, all the baby Yoda dolls. Oh gosh, yes. Of course, that's what's selling <laughs> off the. That's like selling like hotcakes. So before we have to start winding this down, what do we think about the actual villain so far? The the old guy that was funding the the whole process of of capturing and and kidnapping the child. I can't remember the actor's name. Werner Hor- Werner Hor- Hartzog Horzog. Yeah, that- him. Like, I'm glad you can pronounce that. Uh, barely. <laughs> I butchered it. <laughs> I wonder, like, he he has, and, you know, this kind of leads later on in other episodes, but all the Imperials are kind of secretive. Like, you don't know much about them. 
like even people that are you know like us that are kind of hardcore like you don't know much about these people yeah no at this point we're still pretty you know if we're looking at this without thinking about the remainder of the season as if that hasn't happened yet this is a pretty good story arc and you're introduced to all these characters but you really don't know anything about any of them yeah yeah and you can tell he's kind of hiding something like yeah even even to some of the people closest to him because like when the he doctor first, or whatever exactly yeah when he first sees mando and he's making the agreement with him or proposing the deal he kind of calls an audible right in the middle of it he's like by the way you know even if you have to kill the child you know you will still get a reward and the doctor's like wait that's not what we agreed on we we really need this child alive yeah <laughs> And he's so like, no, like, don't care, shut up. Yeah, exactly. He's like, oh, it's just a formality. But you know there's some kind of miscommunication there or, or some kind of um, agenda there. And the right. guy, boy, he's just got such a creepy vibe to him anyway. Yeah. He's a perfect villain. Yes. He's he's a perfect placeholder for, you know, kind of establishing this is the bad guy. Uh, yeah. If Mando is yeah. the good guy. <laughs> and and it, it definitely also kind of sets up to the stage of is the, is the Mandalorian selling his soul to the devil kind of thing. You, know, you kind of get that vibe from the very beginning and yeah. you're yeah. kind of watching the Mandalorian kind of think that through as he does the experience you know am I really should I really be doing this especially after he realizes that it's a child and not you know a 50 year old adult yeah, yeah. Uh, you can kind of really see you start to see his conflict internal struggle from that moment on I mean really from the very end of the first episode when he shoots IG-11 which mm-hmm. by the way was awesome just, oh yeah, I love IG Eleven. <laughs> yeah, and you know, and then I gotta say, it, they got me on that one. I was like, oh my gosh, he shot the baby. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, up, oh, you got me. Yeah, that was that was that was a really good moment because you think, you know, oh my gosh, he really did it. He killed the kid, and then you know, IG Eleven falls down. And it's like, oh, now that you just made my day. You know, <laughs> things, yeah, things like in, got... in my mind, yeah, things got better. But in my mind, I was like, man, what in that split second time frame. I was thinking, man, the Mandalorian just killed a baby. He is going to be the most hated person in Star Wars universe <laughs> history. Uh, maybe he has surpassed Jar Jar. <laughs> well, I thought I thought the same thing when they when he dropped the child off. Oh, I did in, too. In like, oh, yeah. It's Evil. like, oh my gosh, he actually did it. He actually and how and now he's leaving. He went ahead and got another job. Are you are you are you serious? You know, there's no way this. Mm-hmm. At, at first, my thought process was, in all honesty, this is me actually thinking this. I was like, there is no way they're going to kill Baby Yoda off in three episodes. That is such a marketing tool. They would yeah. That would be the stupidest <laughs> oh, gosh, ever. Um, because, you know, but on the flip side, I was like, but that would be such a really powerful plot twist. Yeah. To, to really mess with us as the audience. So I, I was really torn as to, you know, I'm really personally glad he went back and I really like how they did it. But especially bringing the Mandalorians in at the, episode, at the end of the third oh, episode. That, that last battle. Yeah, that last firefight is just awesome. You think, man, he is he's not going to get out of this one. Like They're going to end up getting the kid and leaving him to die, or they're, they're going to have to like go in the sewers and hide or something. But all the Mandalorians from the, from the culvert show up, and, man, they, they lay waste to everybody. Yeah, they, <laughs> yeah. they, they show them that the Mandalorians are still a force to be reckoned with. This is the way. <laughs> mm-hmm. And see, the the that episode two sets up like well, what happened on Mandalore between the Empire and the Mandalorians, where they just absolutely despise everything about the Empire. Right. Yeah. It does. 
it sets up for some really good backstory opportunities, which, you know, you see a little bit of that with the Clone Wars, and I think it's a really good connection to kind of reach back to those, the Siege of Mandalore and all that kind of stuff, and definitely a little bit of the stuff that we started to see in Rebels. I think there's yeah. even some connection to that. But I really do think that we're going to get, just like we started to get flashbacks of the Mandalorian's character in terms of how he became a foundling and how the Mandalorians were starting to see a little bit of that revealed, I think that that's going to continue and we're going to see a little bit more of the whole, the purge, as uh, John Favreau's Mandalorian character called it. This, these are from the purge. Yes, I know. <laughs> Kitty doesn't want to see purge. She says that's too scary. Yeah, well, she's saying purge. Are you saying pur? <laughs> Is that a top of food? No, Kitty. <laughs> oh, Lord. Don't tell this cat about food. She's too fat for that. <laughs> yeah, but overall, I remember when I saw the first episode, I was like, oh, no, I'm really going to like this show and just keep watching it over and over. <laughs> and, and, I have, and I did. And I have. Yeah. And look at us. We're now almost a year later, and we're like, you know what? Let's go back and let's talk about it again. Now, yes. part of the reason, I'm not going to lie, part of the reason I brought this up and wanted to kind of approach this, because obviously this podcast is supposed to, not supposed to be, but it, it exclusive originally was, was meant to be about books and comics and the EU and that element, is that they have announced that they're going to be releasing some Mandalorian-based literature starting in the fall. Ooh. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so if you go back and check out Star Wars books and, and, and some of the, the Force releases that they were making earlier in the quarantine, there are going to be – there's going to be like a junior novelization of the eight episodes. There's going to be, a, I think, an adult novelization of the eight episodes and also some tie-in comics and books that are going to be released. So awesome. to those of you that are interested and like really pumped about The Mandalorian like we are, you know, start, start keeping an eye out for <laughs> you know, those kind of things to be coming out sometime in the near future. I don't know if they're going to delay it because of this coronavirus stuff, but nonetheless, you know, if they can get it out there, I, you can rest assured I'll buy it. Cause, there goes my money. Yeah, yeah I'm pumped. I'm, I'm absolutely pumped. Mandalorian has definitely stolen the show uh, as far as Star Wars and in the, in the Disney era since, I'd say, Rogue One. Yeah, I, I agree with that. that. I don't know. Like It seems to me, and I've talked to you guys about this, it seems like it's a Western, but set in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You yeah. know, your Mandalorian's kind of like your your good guy going from town to town, and Baby Yoda's like the little sidekick that goes with him, and they get into adventures, and... Yeah. Mm, yeah. That's, he, he's, that's good he's your, He is your Clint Eastwood, mm-hmm. or, or your John Wayne, and I can't think of the, the sidekicks that John Wayne used to carry around with him all the time, so I can't I can give you that, but... Yeah. yeah, and I like the fact that he runs occasionally into people who were in the bigger story of Star Wars, which just shows that it is a huge galaxy. Yes, yeah, I think that's awesome too. And and of course, we see a little bit more of that in some of the the episodes that come up later. With I think episodes four and five, because that's a, a duo pair. So we we've got some really good stuff to look forward to that that brings in some of that larger universe element. And, you know, some of the new Season 2 stuff that I've been reading about, some of the rumors and speculation, have some really big Star Wars characters who are supposed to be making appearances in it. Yeah, I know. I'm hoping some of those are really true, including, like, the rumors that Timory Morrison's going to be coming back and stuff like that. that. I've heard heard that rumor. That's going to have the, 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 the return of Boba Fett would be a... A fan oh, favorite. Man. I would I would be down for that. I've heard uh, somebody 
and I forget who it was, it was one of the executives said that somebody's wearing Boba Fett's armor out on Tatooine and the Mandalorian goes to investigate who it is to see if it really is Boba Fett. Oh, wow. And they that's, said that, that's from the um, aftermath trilogy. Yeah, they said Rob. that it was a, that they were going to base a, that story on one of the aftermath stories. Do you remember this? The imposter Boba Fett. Yeah, the the interludes of Co- uh, Cobb Vance, I think it was. Yeah. In a, um, I'm trying to. Yeah, I think that was it. Yeah, because you read some of those, Landon, and I know Rob did. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, so I think that's what they're trying to to bring into play, and I think that would be awesome. I'd love to. Also, see him actually go to Tatooine because I don't think we've seen him on Tatooine yet, have we? I don't think we have. I don't think so. No, it would be. I think that would be something I would really enjoy too. Is if they start taking the Mandalorian and putting him on some of the old planets. You know, if he goes and visits Yavin Four, if he goes and visits Indor, if he goes and visit, you know, bring back some of these planets because that's one thing that the new trilogy never did. Which, you know, I'm not horribly mad about it or anything like that, but it would be nice to have some of the old planets returned. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Mandalorian would be a really good way to do that. Because obviously for a television show that with the amount of backing that the Mandalorian has, they're probably going to have a similar budget, if not better, than what George Lucas had with the original filmings of the original Star Wars. So. Yeah, and I mean, you gotta you got to think, too, that like some of these folks, some of these big-name stars would be more apt to do a TV show because it's like what maybe one or two weeks as opposed to one or two months of shooting. So that's mm-hmm, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. true. It's true. Uh, well, uh, is there anything else that y'all want to say about the Mandalorian before we hang up our hats for the evening? I just to that I, I agree with your assessment. I, I think this is kind of the one that people were holding out for and hoping was going to be great, and I think it delivered and then some. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I think Rogue One was kind of a surprise for a lot of people too. Oh, it was and, a you know, pleasant heard, surprise. Yeah, yeah, and I've heard some. You know, there's haters out there. Of course, it's Star Wars. You're going to get that. But I, I think out of the new stuff that's been out, I kind of feel the same way you do. The Mandalorian and Rogue One have been my personal favorites so far. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Solo is growing on me. The more I watch it, the more I like it. Yeah, I like some parts. I of had, Solo. I, yeah. I had, I it's had not to bad. get over. I had to get over the the change of backstory for Han, but after I've done that and I've yeah. to enjoy it, I have enjoyed it. I do feel like there are some parts of it that are rushed, and they, and I would have liked to seen fleshed out. And I think they might have done that with if they were able to make it like a trilogy or something and kind of bring some flashbacks and stuff like that into to kind of draw out some of the character development that that we that I didn't get to see as much as I would have liked. But overall, you know, again, it, it was a one shot and it. it it's growing on me. I think mm-hmm. that's the best word I can say. It's growing on me. I do like it more than I than when I first saw it. Yeah. And I'll be the first to admit that I was really hasty in my judgment. But it was because I was so attached to that A.C. Crispin backstory. Um, that makes <laughs> um, it hard to watch that movie, doesn't it? It does. Because yeah, sure you're comparing it, it to the book the whole time. Yep. Like, exactly. Is that Bria? Yeah, I know. I know. If it weren't for that, I really think I would have enjoyed it a lot more. Because it really is a fun story to watch. But, yeah. And on top of that, of course, I mean, The Mandalorian itself is just, without a doubt, the the pinnacle of Star Wars television. They're going to have to do really well to to keep the other Star Wars television series that they're working on to match the quality of that one. Yeah, you, I mean, yeah. you can see the care in The Mandalorian that the writers and everybody that works on it have. I mean, they they want to do it right, and I, it's like I told somebody, I said, you know, I said, this is as close to, like, a Star Wars 
weekly television, weekly movie that you could get, like the old serials where you would see, like, you know, weekly westerns or whatever at the movie theater. This is kind of that for Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And it's worth mm-hmm. it. It's totally worth it. It really so, is. So good. Yeah, I agree. Well, I know we probably need to head off here and, and, and go our separate ways so that we can, you know, get a good night's rest and be ready for going for the next days of work and get ready for Ooh, what comes work. next and all that fun stuff. So let's see. What kind of blue milk we're going to sneak out with tonight there, gentlemen? Hmm. Ooh. Uh, trying to think what would be a good one. Salacious crumb blue milk? Salacious I was about crumb. To say, maybe some, <laughs> some slow roasted Kowakian monkey lizard. <laughs> Salacious <laughs> cookies and milk. I just like, let's just do sal- <laughs> the salacious crumb blue milk. I don't I have like like a, any I like idea it. what that would flavor would be like, but mm. kind of uh, like a cookies and cream, maybe you know, crumb cookie crumb. <laughs> and it is salacious. <laughs> oh gosh! <laughs> All right, so a a salacious crumb cookies and cream, uh, a crumbled cookies and cream blue milk. All right, uh, well. As always, it is a pleasure to hang out with Rob Vader and Lando Fetz, and also with you listeners. Thank you so much for listening to us and and bearing through our listener feedback, as well as our fantastically enjoyable mock debate with Darth Vader and Grand Admiral Thrawn. You never know, they might be back. And then, of course, (laughs) we thoroughly enjoyed our opportunity to brag about the first three episodes of The Mandalorian. We will return sometime in the near future with a further study of the next uh, story arc within that season. And when we do, we look forward to hopefully hearing about how things are from you guys. So please continue to try to reach out to us. You can always get in touch with us on our podcast email, which is Star Wars Ties Podcast at gmail.com. Or you can call us at that voicemail that I voicemail number that I mentioned earlier. Please, you know, rewind back and, and catch that. And then, of course, you can also leave us a review on iTunes or whatever platform that you listen to our podcast on. We would really appreciate that feedback as well. Thank you again so much for listening, and we hope that you enjoy a deliciously crumbled, salacious crumb, cookie crumble, and cream blue milk. (laughs) May the force be with you. Beautiful. Beautiful. That was great. I really appreciate y'all doing the whole improvised mock debate. Oh, that was that was fun. That That was just like the old days. (laughs) Oh, that reminds me though. I put out on Facebook today, and I know you commented on it there, Landon, uh, or or replied uh, that I was asking about you know what would be some really good slogans for Mm -hmm. the for that, and I I have to share some of them. Uh, I don't know if any of y'all have read them yet. But uh, Darth Vader got some really good feedback. Admiral Thrawn did not get any comments, really. <laughs> Jacob Paris, Jacob Daniel Paris said, not sure on the slogan, but at least we know he'd support the arts. Ah, I respect that. And uh, <laughs> Rebecca Frank commented that I'm not caught up on basically any of the new EU, but she's 100% for the Thrawn play in 2020 ticket. I'd vote ah, for that. <laughs> that would be awesome. How I like him as a character. And didn't he take over the Empire after Thrawn yes, died in the in the books? Yeah. He did. Mm-hmm. He took over the Empire faction, and um, he even appears in some of the, the, the really much later EUs. Um, 
as a because eventually I think they be, they end up combining into one big republic and the empire is included. Uh, hmm. The faction yeah, the use on Vong thing, in yeah, it. during all that stuff, and even after that, I mean, it's it's wild how how much further it goes. Um, and I haven't even finished all that, but I've got a few more left to read. But if Darth Vader were running for office, his campaign slogan could be, "Join us or die." <laughs> That was from Douglas DeLecky Jr. <laughs> Tom Graham said, make the dark side great again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Michael Faulkner said, don't make me destroy you. Mm. Uh, Jacob Daniel Paris did contribute here. He said, we wore masks before it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Josh Witt, buddy Josh Witt there, uh, Rob. Oh, Josh. Uh, is he? Peace, justice, and security for the Empire. Nice. Those were all good. Yeah, those were great. Those were great. So uh, I know this is well past the listener feedback section, but nonetheless, that that was that was awesome, and I was glad yeah. to get a little bit of feedback on that today. That that made my morning a little bit brighter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, guys, thank you so much for for doing this, and, and Rob, yeah. thanks for recording so that we could work around my technological disadvantages. Oh, absolutely, man. I really appreciate it, and I'm hoping that, you know, we can... I think the next one is a two-part story. Am I right? I think so, because isn't it where they go to the planet and teach the farmers how to fight? Yeah. Oh, and then, yeah. And then I think the next one is the heist job, where he goes yeah, like Batman on everybody and kill and Well, doesn't kill, but traps everybody. Traps everybody in the prison. So oh, that, and that's wow, a one-shot episode. And then you've got the, the episodes seven and eight are a two-part of going back to this planet that he's been dealing with and meeting Grand Moff Gideon. Mm. So Which, that whole story is just wild. Yeah, that that's that's and I think that would so we've got about theoretically if we were to do this as a Mandalorian unit, we have like three episodes left because we discussed the two in that story arc, the one standalone, and then the two of the final story arc. Now, I, I, like I said, I'm in no rush to do this. It, obviously, in the next week and and especially in the next 48 to 72 hours uh, with your help, Landon, and along with several yeah. others. Um, I'm going to be physically moving from one location to another, so it'll be a little while before I'm, I'm able to kind of settle in and record again or, or even really probably edit, but nonetheless, I wanted to kind of go ahead and get this one done just because it was really fun to hang out with you guys at O'Malley's the other day. And, oh, so uh, yeah, that was a great time. Yeah, that was great, and I was just like, you know what? We need to, we need to just go ahead and start trying to make it to where we can hang out even virtually. Yes, absolutely. So this this kind of social distancing. Yes, this was great. <laughs> this was absolutely great. So I agree, man. It's just it's just so nice to do a podcast again with people. This is kind of depressing <laughs> doing one by yourself. It is. It is. You just hear I, yourself I, talk I, all the time. Yes. Yeah, you, I'm not near as interesting as is like having a, it's, it's so much more fun when you can kind of play off people and kind of feel oh, their energy and stuff. And the banter is what makes our podcast so enjoyable to listen to. At for me. For yeah. me too. <laughs> when I go back and edit, I it's always I'm I'm cracking up and I am laughing and I and I Afton is like, what are you? What is going on? I said, you, you just gotta listen. I mean, it's it's just you know, Rob said this, Landon said this, I said this. Oh gosh, the cat did the cat. <laughs> the cat was meowing. <laughs> it was great. Oh gosh. So well, guys, I really enjoyed it, man, and, and I, I definitely want to hop on some more episodes if I can. Uh, oh, of course, you're always welcome, and we'll try to do this to where we're we're doing Mandalorian, and that's not too much research. So yeah, just, 
watch and enjoy and then talk about it. So, yeah, let's let's. I'll text and sometime after I've gotten settled in Lincoln next week, I'll I'll text and see if we can figure out another time to to maybe do the next two episodes. And then Landon, I want you in your best Darth Vader voice to respond. Okay. Okay. Now, Rob, I need a maniacal, you know, Grand Admiral Thrawn voice. Can you give me a good, oh. you know, mm, serious, you know, but very analytical. Kind of with a little British in it. With Yeah, with a little bit of a British accent, you know. I don't think that's a fair assessment. Yes! <laughs> wow, that was really good, actually. Oh, thank you. That's perfect. <laughs> I'm a cheers. Uh, so, that, so we'll we'll just have a mock political debate for about five or six minutes just to kind of oh my gosh i'm gonna get pwned what you're not getting pwned prawn's getting pwned oh yeah i'm gonna pwn you thrawn or should i say prawn yeah oh <laughs> oh gosh Well, I've already got some. I got about four minutes for recording, so uh, we've already got some good blooper reel fodder. <laughs> oh, did we lose stop? Oh, we have me, but that's not saying much. <laughs> so, did you say this is the first headset you ever used? Yeah, when we first. Uh, heard yes. Records, no, I'm still. Stop! Can you hear us? I can. Can you hear me? Yeah, you were cutting out for about 30 seconds there. Okay. I'm betting it's my Wi-Fi. It's great. <laughs> like I love technology. Uh, so anyway, and then we'll finish up the, the, the podcast with, um, of course, the actual analysis of The Mandalorian, episodes one, two, three. Okay. Yay. Okay. Would it still be and troubling of course if I asked want if to I be done, be done by... like, 9.30-ish? No. I, I want to be done by 9.30. Okay, perfect. My perfect. parents... My my parents came came up tonight, so I kind of want to spend some time with them before I put go to bed. So oh wow, nice, uh, very because cool. they're helping. They're of course helping us drag my house halfway across the state of North Carolina. Oh man, gotta show um, them some love. <laughs> uh, yeah, no kidding. Um, so think right, about awesome well, internet there though. I'm hoping it's better than this. You have <laughs> cable internet, really you cut out. I hope so. Gosh, I hope so. And then if I can just get a decent computer, we'll be able to podcast a lot more often. Hey, sounds good. i got to dig my microphone out somewhere. I was telling Rob, I've got the original Retro Junkies like gaming headset on recording tonight. I couldn't find my microphone. I've cleaned my little room up and put a new desk in and can't find anything. Wow. Oh, man. It's going old school. Well, my, I kept mine out. You know, I didn't pack it because I was like, oh, I'm going to hook that up to the computer one more time before I leave the house. And... Of course, right now it's sitting on my dresser going, well, why aren't you using me tonight? <laughs> I'm ready to go in. Come on, put me in. Come in, coach. <laughs> take me in, coach. Take me in. <laughs> well, talk to the computer microphone because it's being a stubborn pain in the butt. It's not my call, microphone. It's Mr. Computer. <laughs> it's, it's Mr. Computer. Oh, he'll never let me in. <laughs> He's a jerk. <laughs> Well, let's go ahead and sign in and get the ball rolling here. All right. <laughs> oh, thank you, cat. <laughs> 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 
like, come on, record! <laughs> Is that cat cheering or booing us? I couldn't tell. It like a... <laughs> She's going to be doing that for a while, so you might just have to make that background noise. Uh... She's boo or <laughs> That was literally about to start. Right <laughs> yeah, that was you. Uh... All right. Man, good intro. Spaceship well, sound effects, you know. That's, blah, blah, blah. Uh, that's the end of the show right there, folks. Thanks for listening. Yeah, let's just <laughs> while we're on top. That was good. <laughs> no need to try to see well, if we get it's better been... than that. <laughs> yeah. So, you want to be a dork with me? I will be a dork with you. It's completely okay. <laughs> I think you need to offer like episode-specific extra questions like... In the debate with Vader and Thrawn, what was Vader's <laughs> economic plan? <laughs> Counting sand and selling it? it that was great. <laughs> we didn't like sand, so I mean, he had to do something with it. Yeah, that's makes great. sense. I mean, Tatooine alone could single-handedly become one of the highest... Uh, <laughs> Tatooine and Jakku could become the most popular planets in the, in, in the galaxy for the economic growth. I mean, yeah. all they would have to do is just get, like, another Death Star-sized laser... Not blow the planet up, but get it hot enough to melt that sand, and boom, you've got a planet of glass that you can just sell. Now, what you need <laughs> is that giant vacuum cleaner from Spaceballs. Yes, Mega Maid. <laughs> Mega Maid. <laughs> oh, gosh, that'd be great. That would be awesome. You know, and the whole oh. time in the debate, I, I pictured Lord Helmet. <laughs> get the sun. <laughs> Coleman, are you combing the desert? <laughs> yes, sir. We ain't found shit. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, guys, well, I guess I'll call it a night, but hey, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, we did too. Thank you all so much for doing it. Yeah, man. All right. All right. All right. Thanks again, guys. Bye, guys. We'll talk to you later. All right. You, you the man. Bye-bye. Did he scare you as much as he scared me? Star Wars! <laughs>